Welcome to the Life After Life podcast, where we explore our soul's physical and non-physical journey. I'm Majana. Let's discuss angels, guides, and loved ones from the other side. Hello and welcome back. Before I hit today's topic, a couple of announcements and gratitudes I want to put out there. Thank you very much to those of you that have gone on the GoFundMe.com website and gone to Thomas and Majana. Thomas set up a GoFundMe because we found an audio booth, which has been life-changing literally for us. It's allowing us to both be able to record and get the work done that we both feel so strongly led to do. And as you may or may not know, I quit my teaching job. I was a classroom teacher. I quit. And we are really, really putting everything into this. So the GoFundMe is to help us pay for a audio booth so we can really do this. And I don't have to go back into teaching and not do this. <laughs> so if you feel so led, we would be so appreciative if you would go to GoFundMe, Thomas and Majana, and contribute to our audio booth. And Thomas has some things lined up. I don't know what they are, but for the people that that do this, some special things lined up, and I need to check with him, get him on here to talk about it. All right, the other thing I want to put out there that we're very, very excited about is our website. Before I could get in to start recording, because we didn't have the space available, and Thomas has really worked hard to pick up some slack that I wasn't able to provide income for. So I was spending a lot of time working on our new website, www.soulfoodtalks.com. We are really excited about it, and I would love your feedback. So we have some information about us, of course, some freebies on there, and then we've been working very diligently on products, getting everything on there. So I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. One of the things I want to throw out and would love input on as well is a weekend. We did a weekend a few weeks ago with just a handful of people. It was very personal and did a soul's journey weekend. We did astrology readings. Their guides came in. We had a yogi numerologist. Our friend Hemet came in and did the yoga and kundalini yoga and numerology with them. It was amazing, and it was really transformative. So that was kind of our pilot, and we got really, really great feedback. And so, by the way, hi, Vince. Hi, Zach. Hi, Thompsons. Melissa and Rick. So this was one of the families that came in. This was a family weekend. We will do adult-only weekends, and the focus is on the families was What are your family dynamics? You're part of the same soul pod, so you're here to grow and support each other. So looking at astrology charts, how does that show up? What lessons are, does this tool tell us you're working on? And my guide suggested Thomas and I do those together and the family's guides would come in. It was amazing. It was so very amazing. And then we also had our friend Hemet come and do kundalini and kundalini numerology, which fit in just beautifully with the astrology. They completely support each other because they're just spiritual tools, right? 
So we're looking forward. Actually, we're thinking about February to do one for adults. If you think that sounds interesting or intriguing, would you email me and let me know? One of the things we're looking at, as much as we love doing it in person, because, you know, when you're in a group, you get that group energy and dynamics and just a whole different experience. And we understand that means traveling right now to Dallas, unless you can get a group of people together wherever you are and we can come to you, which we're totally would love to do that. And in the meantime, we know that traveling, the expense of the getting here, the travel and then hotel and so forth on top of a seminar or a workshop is a lot. So we're looking at how to make this digital, how to involve people in this digitally And would it be beneficial to have it live and stream it? So if you can't make it live, you could at least stream in on that. Would so appreciate input. If you would email, that would be awesome. Majana at lifeafterlife.com for input on that. Also for topics, for podcasts, suggestions, questions, comments. Love it all. Bring it on. Okay, so speaking of questions, This one came also from one of the listeners, and I'm so appreciative, thank you, about mental health. Wow, I have thought about this for so many years, truly, because I know how challenging it was, especially when I was younger in my childhood, to go to sleep at night because I would hear all of these voices. And, you know, that kind of becomes a little cliche, oh, you're hearing voices, huh, as a sign of some sort of psychosis. And I truly, in my teenage or adult years, questioned. It's like, am I insane? I hear, I literally hear voices. Is this okay? And then, you know, came to the fact that, well, I do function in society. I just have this thing that I hear these voices at night. And it's very, very similar to being at a party. And you hear all of the different conversations going on. They were never threatening voices, Sometimes it turned into a premonition. Sometimes it would be my guides or angels talking to me. And sometimes it was just white noise. It was just chatter. And the only way that I could explain that is the veil that separates this world from the other or this dimension from another. Sometimes, I don't know why, but sometimes it seems thinner than others. And I've wondered forever is... Is that for everybody? Are there other people that have access to the other side of the veil? And are they experiencing the same thinning of the veil at the same time I am? Or is it everybody's perspective and soul journey so it's on their own time? I don't know. Nonetheless, I know that as a child, there were many sleepless nights because I was at this party all night long hearing all these voices in my head or conversations, and I could not get it to stop, and I could not go to sleep. Here's a cool, this was a fun thing, little sidebar here. This was one of my early, oh my gosh, no, other people don't do this. If you've heard my podcast where my sister said, normal people don't do that, there's something wrong with you, this just supported what she said. Starting when I was in... I want to say like first grade or second grade, pretty young, every single night I would hear this conversation. It was two female voices and one male voice. 
and they were not speaking English. This happened every single night, and it was the exact same conversation that I did not know what was the conversation was. I didn't know what they were saying. All right, I was young enough, and, you know, I was a farm kid living in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska, and I just knew they weren't speaking English. I didn't even know what languages in the world were available, so therefore it must have been Spanish. I just knew there was English and Spanish. So this went on for years and years to the point that I just would lay there thinking, I have to wait until they finish talking, and then I can go to sleep. So I would just start talking with them. I heard it so many times. I knew exactly who was going to talk next, which female or the male, and exactly what they were going to say and how they would say it, although I had no idea what those words meant. So I would just start saying it right there along with them. And then finally that conversation would be over and I could go to sleep. So relieved. Well, somewhere along the line, and I don't know when, I mean, literally, this happened for years, but somewhere it stopped. And I don't remember that stopping because it seemed to have just been replaced with other stuff, other chatter, other cocktail parties or whatever that were going on. But what got my attention was fast forward, and now I'm 12 years old, and I was an exchange student and went to Japan just for the summer. And I had a, I was staying with this beautiful, wonderful family. So, so great. Their oldest son was two years older than me, and he had come and stayed at our house for two years. So then I went and stayed at his house. And he, and then he had two younger brothers. And there was mom and dad and mom's sister as well. So we Junichi was my the older the oldest brother and Junichi and I were in the living room playing the game Othello. I was laying on a beanbag. I think we were both on beanbag chairs across from each other playing the board game Othello. And just moving, you know, playing the game and his parents and aunt, aunt were in the kitchen. And I remember, you know, just moving. I was all involved in this game and thinking, gosh, he's taken a long time. It's his turn. Why isn't he going? And I looked up at him, and he had this absolute look of horror and shock on his face. And it, it just, it, I was so taken aback. I just kind of looked at him. I thought, what? And he literally was on, like, crab walking on his hands and knees, moving backwards away from me when I looked at him with true terror in his face. And I thought, what in the world happened? And, you know, as my thought was coming full circle, what happened, what happened, I became aware in the kitchen were those two female and one male voice having the exact conversation that I had heard every single night for years. And because it had been normal And what I had started doing was just saying it right along with them to go to sleep without realizing it. I was saying it right along with them, waiting for him to make his move. And he realized I'm speaking absolute fluent Japanese, having a conversation with these people. And he was horrified and terrified. And I just was, once I realized what it was, I remember just kind of being, you know, shocked and embarrassed and How do you explain that? Oh, my gosh, my sister was right. There is something wrong with me. Which, as I got older, kind of came back to my mind going, 
is that normal? Am I insane? What's the definition of insane? I hear these voices. So when I was posed with the question about mental illness, these thoughts kind of started coming back to me. And I know that there have been times that I watch people talking to themselves, right? Now, there's a difference between just talking to yourself and thinking out loud versus having a conversation with someone no one else can hear or see. With little kids, we don't worry about it. They're playing with their imaginary friend. Those of us that are on a different path that understand, you know, they can be talking to angels. They can be talking to their spirit guides or their spirit animals or a loved one on the other side. And we accept that from little kids, but yet we don't accept that from adults. Why? Not saying that you should trust every adult that you see talking to somebody you can't see, but I'm, you know, I'm just kind of putting it out there. It's how do we define mental illness? I absolutely believe that the consciousness of humanity is increasing. When I look back over the course of history, all of humanity, you know, things were pretty barbaric. And unfortunately, there are parts of this earth right now that are still pretty barbaric. There are cultures. But overall, I think we've increased. And I do believe that our level of consciousness continues to increase. So I understand that decades ago, when somebody maybe wasn't fully in this reality, and they, especially as adults, and they were talking to somebody that appeared to be talking to themselves, but they're insisting at somebody else, that somebody would say, okay, they're insane, because look, clearly there's nobody there. And mental institutions were full of such people, and they were heavily medicated. There was even electroshocking, right? And lobotomies, all kinds of different horrors that would happen. So I don't know. I'm not excusing all of it. I'm just saying, what if? I don't know. And I think that there are some mental illnesses that are just part of your soul path. That was just part of your soul contract, what you wanted to learn as you came into this earth. And how are you going to learn some of these lessons? So there might be some some mental illness there, or maybe not even lessons you're going to learn, but those people in your soul pod, you're going to help them learn lessons by being mentally ill yourself. There's a huge range of what that can look like, right? What mental illnesses are. And I'm certainly no psychologist or psychiatrist and don't even pretend to be able to label or name all of those, much less explain what they are. And I know that I've experienced some of those people. So I don't know. I, you know, I think sometimes it is a soul lesson. And then I always have just had to wonder if some of those people really, for whatever reason, have not been able to fully integrate into this lifetime, into this personality. It's kind of like having a foot here in this personality, in this dimension, and having a foot in another personality, in another dimension. And you kind of bounce back and forth and for whatever reason can't separate them and can't control them. I also absolutely believe in parallel realities or parallel universes. Quantum physics, you know, talking about 
all of the different possibilities happening all at one time in different realities. So if that's a, if that's happening, then maybe somebody again is partially in one reality and partially in this reality. Does that mean that in both realities they're labeled insane? I don't know. I don't know, but I think that when we give kids, it's easy to brush it off as kids and say, oh, yeah, you know, pretend playmate or whatever. I guess the defining reality there is can an adult function, right? That's kind of how we determine if it's a mental illness. If they can function in reality, they're self-sufficient, they're contributing members of society, then they must be, by our standards and our definition, okay, If they can't, if they're so busy in another reality that they can't be firmly grounded in this one and contribute to society and be productive, then they're not okay and they're mentally insane. I've wondered about this is looking at people on the autistic spectrum, which is quite a a wide spectrum now. But people who are on the far end, so same thing, just don't communicate, avoid eye contact, don't like physical touch. So I can't imagine what life would be like. But I do know that the families, the parents are learning to be selfless because your whole world shifts at that point. And maybe that's part of your soul contract, that the person that came in autistic loves you that much, that they are willing to spend this lifetime helping you grow and learn those lessons and vice versa. You love them that much that you're willing to become so selfless to serve them. Can't judge that one. I don't know, right? And then what about, could it just be that they are here physically, they are here mentally, but they are also so in touch with another reality, a spiritual realm, or maybe They're also incarnate in another dimension at this time, and they just can't be fully present in either one. I don't know. There's like, you know, how many times, how many times have I said the universe is bigger than I can possibly imagine? I can't put it in a box. But what I do like to look at is all these situations without judgment because I can't understand it doesn't mean it's wrong because it's not my experience, doesn't mean it's not normal. I can't judge that. We all are on our path. I do believe there are no accidents. So if you're here and you're hearing voices, I think, again, there could be a lot of reasons that you're hearing voices. The bottom line is, I don't care what the situation, whether you are hearing voices or you're angry or whatever, Your rights end where somebody else's begin. So if you're handling all of this and you are contributing to society, that's fine. But if you become a hindrance or a danger, that's not fine. I'm all about compassion. I'm all about empathy and supporting people on their soul journey. And I don't believe any one person's soul journey supersedes another. If somebody is a danger to anybody else, then that danger needs to be removed. Sometimes it's your personal responsibility to remove that danger from yourself. For example, if you're in a, an abusive relationship, it's your responsibility to leave it. 
And I get it. I know that's easier said than done. And that could look like a spouse or a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. It can be family members. It can be parents. And I don't mean just physical abuse, emotional, mental, whatever abuse. It's not okay. Yes, you may very well have a sole contract with that person to help you grow through that abuse. But I absolutely believe that growing means finding your legs and removing yourself from that situation. They're helping you gain the confidence. They're helping you gain your sense of self. They're helping you set boundaries. And maybe you just need to be in a really dangerous situation to be able to do that. And it's okay to ask for help. Please know it's okay to ask for help. And there is help out there. And I understand sometimes for a variety of reasons that's a challenge. But it is never okay for anyone to inflict pain on somebody else. Certainly not knowingly. If they don't know it, it's your responsibility to tell them, hey, I'm not comfortable with that. Please don't do that. And if they love you, if they are capable of being a positive part of your life, they're going to shift it. If they're in your life to help you grow through it, they might not shift it and you need to walk away. And that's a hard thing. That's the only time I feel like I have a right to judge somebody is if they are inflicting any sort of pain on me and then I'm judging my ability, my growth to end that because it is, I feel it's 100% my responsibility. Did that sound like I'm on a soapbox? I didn't mean it to. <laughs> There's so many facets to all of this, right? Um, and I want to say, gosh, I'm hoping I didn't come across like really hard on that. I've had friends two different times that were in physically abusive relationships. One of them, I was in college. It was her boyfriend. And honestly, I don't know how that ever resolved because she wasn't willing to do anything about it. She didn't talk about it. The physical evidence spoke about it. Another one was as an adult. And this person had two children with her husband Eventually, she started realizing there were there were there was a mental illness there, and there was very clear physical abuse as well, and it was a very hard thing. She had to make sure she was fully supported, and she finally did. And I was so proud of her. She took her children at a time that she knew was safe and left, went someplace that she knew she they would be safe and not reachable, and life totally changed for them. So as always, my message here what that I want to send out is a message of empowerment, empowerment and support, empowering each of us on our own journey, understanding that we're all walking our own. And I don't know, when it comes to mental illness, can we judge it? Can we draw lines? What my bottom line that I've come to is my responsibility is to help when I feel led to help, and when I feel I can safely help. And if I feel that there's a dangerous situation and I'm directly involved, it's my responsibility to resolve it for myself and, and help other people if I can. But there is a responsibility there. And when I see somebody and I'm just not sure, 
what what their situation is. What I can do is send them love, send them light, wish them the the best on their journey. And if it's not family, if it's something, well, even if it is family, if it's a family situation and I've been there, I've had to remove myself from family because it wasn't healthy. But I still sent them love and sent them light on their journey. Woo, we are covering some topics here, aren't we? Goodness, I love these questions. I love the thought-provoking questions. And I don't ever want to pretend that there's a right and wrong and a black and white and a definite yes and no, and this is the answer. I just don't think that normally that's the case. So sometimes I just want to pose other possibilities, food for thought, right? Thank you so much for your questions. Please send me questions, comments, topics uh, at Majana at lifeafterliferadio.com. Check out our new and improved website at soulfoodtalks.com. And I look forward to seeing you each very, very soon. Namaste.